We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. What's up, everybody? How's it going out there? And welcome to another one of our Conversations with Dan. Uh, So... There's a lot going on around here, so I, it takes me a second to get moving, but we're doing a normal week as usual. Things are going strong on the podcast. There may be people who knows where out there. We, In fact, we'd love to know. Just Wherever you sitting. are, let us know. Yeah. Uh, so the question for this week about elders in the church. Uh, the general question was about just elders' authority within the church. Uh, kind of boiling down to, it's pretty common to hear something like, well, the elders have decided, you know, like a, a different, we changed the worship times. Well, the elders decided this is what we're going to do. So do they have that authority or how far does their authority extend on, according to what we have in the <clears throat> Testament? It's really not that simple of a question. Ah. And I know you hate to hear this, but... <laughs> means a lot um, of editing for me. Throughout the Old Testament, uh, the word elder is used, the elders of Israel. There were 70 elders of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were the village elders. There were tribal elders. Um, when um, Jesus comes into the world and it says the scribes and elders came mm-hmm. to see Jesus. What does that mean? Yeah. It, it basically in Judaism meant leader. A spiritual leader, somebody who was recognized as a spiritual leader. Right. And even in the first several chapters of Acts, it still seems to hold that meaning. Um, <clears throat> back in the Old Testament, that was also uh, the shepherds of Israel, including the prophets, the priests, the kings. They were all considered to be shepherds of Israel because they were. They held some responsibility in the spiritual guidance mm-hmm. of the people of Israel. Yeah. So then by the time we get to where the apostles are talking about going appoint elders in a congregation, is it still maintained that or is it something different now? They were to appoint leaders in the congregations. And we have Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus mm-hmm. in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1 that give us the characteristics of yeah. these particular uh, congregational yeah. Leaders, the the qualification for elders, as you'll hear phrased right. a lot of times, and yeah. their job was um, to uh, care spiritually, care for people, to spiritually shepherd people, and uh, uh, Acts twenty verse twenty eight, they were told to shepherd the church of God, which he per- purchased with his own blood. Mm. <clears throat> that shepherding was based on God's word. And what God's word directed the church to do. So they were encouraging and leading the church in doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were seeing after sheep that were spiritually ill. Yep. That needed encouragement. Uh, they're called overseers. Uh, that word in, in um, 1 Timothy 3 
means caretaker. Hmm. Uh, it means uh, looking over as a shepherd would look over the sheep. It's not like chain gang, you know, prison gang, overseer, Ron. riding a horse, shotgun, sunglasses. Yeah. It's not that. No failure to communicate. No, what no. we've yeah. got here. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It is a shepherd looking after the welfare of the sheep, looking over the sheep to see yeah. if they're okay. Yeah, and we have that image multiple times. The sheep goes away, he recognizes it's gone, does right. everything he can to bring it back. Yeah. This, they're, they're called uh, different things, overseer and shepherd. In the, also in the New Testament, another thing that complicates this, there are some passages that are to spiritual leaders mm. in general that are not necessarily directed solely to elders. The New Testament church had prophets, it had uh, evangelists, it had teachers, and mm-hmm. all of those were looked at as leaders. Right. Um, First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twelve and thirteen. That's on the side of my paper. First Thessalonians five twelve and thirteen is directed to leaders. <clears throat> five what? Twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly because in uh, highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. All right. So, who were those people that were laboring among them and over them mm-hmm. and teaching them? Well, yeah. In the New Testament times, it could have been prophets. It could have been evangelists. It could have been uh, elders. It could have been different types of people. Yeah. And so his point in this passage is to the church should know those people because those people are interested in your spiritual welfare and should respect them for the work they're doing, which is looking after people's spiritual welfare. Okay. Um, So if we have these leaders of pretty much all kinds that we recognize and we see, what then sets apart the ones who are appointed as elders over a congregation? Well, they are to be, whether there are any evangelists there or not, they are to be responsible to be sure that that church is taught and spiritually cared for. Mm-hmm. And if they're, according to Titus chapter 2, excuse me, Titus chapter 1, verse 9, uh, they are to be able to exhort in the sound teaching and to convict those that would speak against it. Hmm. So they are to be uh, well-versed enough in Scripture that they can not only teach the congregation what it needs to know scripturally, but they can tell if someone is teaching something that contradicts Scripture and can correct that. Yeah, which goes back to that kind of the Acts passage earlier. After the passage you mentioned, it talks a whole lot about beware of the ones who are going to come in after the flock. And so... That's right, the protection of the flock. So Mm -hmm. the, the... Knowledge of God's Word is key. Uh, There's another passage in the New Testament that is directed to spiritual leaders in general, and that is Hebrews 13, verse 7. Mm -hmm. Remember your leaders. It's just a generic word for leaders. Men who spoke to you the Word of God, and considering the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. So, genuine spiritual leaders whoever they are, we're to remember them, we're to listen as they teach us God's Word, and we're to imitate their good example as they live a Christian life. Now, there's nothing in that about intrinsic 
authority. Hmm. In other words, I don't gain authority just with the title of elder, of elder or evangelist or whatever my title might be. Okay. My authority, because the New Testament never uses the word authority in Ooh. reference to those. My authority is the authority of God's word. So biblically, an elder or an evangelist or whoever else has the authority to teach what God says because mm-hmm. God says it. Okay. okay. So God says we need to keep ourselves pure. God says we need to tell the truth. God says we need to um, uh, be faithful in our marriage. God says we need to assemble on yeah. the first day of the week and worship. These are things that God says. Okay. Now, here's, here's where the problem comes yes. in. Yes. I was going to say, I'm going to push when, you towards this end here. When we leave what God says, uh-huh. then where's our authority? Yes. <clears throat> and my view is, biblically speaking, that spiritual leaders do not have the authority to make demands or to make laws beyond what God has said. Hmm. What they do have the power, and I think the duty to do, is to encourage people to be involved in spiritual things. Uh, for example, uh, the Bible tells us to to uh, read God's Word and to study God's Word. Yeah. Okay? But it doesn't tell us how often to do that or when to do that or whatever like that. Yeah. I mean, we have plenty of good examples of... It should be continual, and we should do it a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah. Now, elders, good elders, provide opportunities for people to grow in the Word and to worship. And uh, certainly we have the Sunday assembly, which we're commanded in Scripture by example and everything else to do and take the Lord's Supper. Yeah. But um, then they provide other opportunities for us. Wednesday evenings, Sunday evenings, small group meetings, uh, ladies' Bible classes, all these other things. And they encourage people to take advantage of those opportunities and others Hmm. to learn. But that's that's not the same thing as saying thou shalt, and if you don't do this, then you're not a good Christian or whatever. So in that case, it's less they have the authority to make a decision and make everyone do it more than they are the shepherd kind of going, here's the path that we see would be best for us. Right. Why don't you come with us through this path? That's right. And in in Hebrews 13, go back to Hebrews 13. Okay. And verse 17. Scripture there is speaking again of spiritual leaders generally. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. confined to one type of spiritual leader. Right. But it says, obey your leaders Mm -hmm. and submit to them. Why? Because... They're keeping watch over your soul. All right. So if there are people, legitimate people, who are truly watching over your soul, and you see that and you recognize that, and they're trying to tell you what God says, Mm -hmm. then you should obey those people in as much as they tell you to do what God says. Yeah. And the rest of that sentence it's talking about, and they will have to give an account so if, well, it also says, read, read the whole verse for sure. us. Sure. Uh, let them do this with joy and not groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. All right. So if there's a person that is a truly godly person right. who is trying to help you and, and encourage you in what's right and is trying to lead you down a path of discipleship, it is to your advantage to follow that leadership 
Because they're trying to help you go to heaven. Not because they said so as the elder. Yeah. Yeah. Why should I do what you're telling me to do? Because I'm an elder and I said so. That's not it. That's not biblically valid. Yeah. What is valid is, look, brother, sister, these are things that God wants you to do. And I want to encourage you in these things. And I want to try to be an example to you and to help you in any way I can. And you see, I'm sincere in both teaching you and in trying to live what I'm teaching you. Yeah. And so it's good for you and me if you follow that leadership. So it's almost like even though we have those qualifications of elders and we can get really wrapped up in the husband of one wife and the man of good report and a lot of those things, uh, since the spiritual leader is referenced over and over and it ties in as much, if not more than the elder qualifications, it would be pretty easy to say that a solid elder will be a solid spiritual leader and thus will have your best interest at heart. That's because right. Because they are actively trying to follow what's in here and show you the path forward. Right. And, and we need to understand that there is a practical difference between theoretically what an elder should be and sometimes what elders are. Same as there is a practical difference between theoretically what an evangelist or teacher should be and what they sometimes turn out to be. So in Hebrews 13, 7, it tells us the two ways that a genuine leader, be they elder, evangelist, whatever, Mm -hmm. leads. They lead through teaching the word And they lead through an example of obeying the word. Yep. And we truly respect people who do those things. Yeah. And we want to follow them. That's usually why they're the ones who, with however your congregation does it, they either nominate them as an elder or they approve of that selection or whatever because they see those things. Right. And if they don't see those things to begin with, um, then they shouldn't be thinking of those people as spiritual leaders. Mm. Yeah. People, the sheep, the sheep will follow the shepherd that they know, and they'll follow the shepherd that they believe will lead them to the green pastures and beside the still waters and mm-hmm. it will protect, protect them from the wolves. Yeah. So spiritual leadership commands respect because it is worthy of respect. Yeah. Not because I have a title and I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do. Mm. And so there may be some instances out there where people are hearing this and they're going, well, that's not the way I've heard it phrased. Maybe it just needs a rephrasing if it's been under the correct, like... Yeah. Um, What would be really nice maybe as a follow-up question is if there are particular um, scriptures that you would like us Mm. to deal with, we can do with that. Take... First Peter 5, first two or three verses for us there real quickly. That might be a good ending to this okay. discussion. First Peter 5. All right, first couple verses. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. There you go. So right in there, there's a good description of Mm -hmm. spiritual leadership. Notice not domineering, or as some translations say, not lording it over the charge which God allotted to you, but being an example. Yeah. 
to the flock. If I want people to love, then I'm going to love and show them how to love. If I want them to give, I'm going to give and show them how to give. If I want them to serve, I'm not just going to tell them to serve. I'm going to serve and they're going to respect me as a servant. If I want them to be honest, then I'm going to show them what that looks like. And I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the idea there. Also, Peter says he was an elder. He's writing to the elders. I don't think that means that Peter was a congregational elder. I think he was a recognized spiritual leader. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was speaking to other recognized spiritual leaders. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So it's it's a little less about authority and more about guidance? It is about God's authority working mm. through a human being and okay. not about that human being's authority. I like that. I don't care if you like I it mean, I like or the not. way that's phrased. It's different <clears throat> than you normally hear yeah. that sort of thing. So... And the evangelist is told to, to to teach and rebuke with all authority. That doesn't mean the evangelist has authority. Yeah. It means that he is pointing people to God's authority. Amen. Well, thanks for that, Dan. Thank you all for watching, as always. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.